Chasing Kangaroos acknowledges the First Nations people as the strong and resilient custodians of the land, waters and skies from which we record. We pay our respects and gratitude to the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation who nurtured this country for generations and whose stolen land we record these podcasts. We pay respects to their leaders, past and present and emerging, and to the countless First Nations people who have done so much to enrich our game of rugby league. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Chasing Gillaroos. My name is Big T, but as usual, most importantly, it's the Eels' greatest champion, Mary Kay. Welcome to Week 5, Mary. Oh, gosh. When you're the Eels' greatest champion and have to follow up after a weekend like that, it, it's tough going, Big T, but I'm glad to be here as always with you. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how that's where the greatness comes from, mate. It's that you turn everything up each week, heartbreak after heartbreak. And still ah, so empathetic. That's what it is. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> that 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 really that resonates. Yes, <laughs> not at all. Now, uh, anyone who listens to us uh, closely will know that you were going from a period of huge uh, workload into your second cycle of huge workload. Um, you were trying to just get from bit to bit. How? Where are you up to at the moment in your crazy work cycle? I'm still getting from bit to bit, but finally this week I'm actually in my Australian Institute of Company Directors course. So that is good in that I don't have to keep studying for it because I'm currently in it. So each night trying to prepare for the next day, I'm off work for the week, which is really, really great. And yeah, big T, just managing day by day at the moment. What about you? Just ensuring that the beautiful blue tick gets even more richer uh, in its blue. Um, no, look, I, I'm just living the daily life of a, of a fan that has no skin left in the game, waiting patiently for 2023 when both the NRL M and W Tigers make their respective finals. Um, (laughs) I'm just trying to take it day by day at the moment, just trying to, you know, live without the stress of the, of the oncoming, um, success. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying that at the moment. It's like a holiday from success. That's what this decade's been. Yeah, good. Well, you enjoy that holiday because fingers crossed it's coming to an end in 2023. <laughs> yes. Um, now, <laughs> this is a terrible segue, but I can't see any other thing. Speaking of things coming to an end, um, the uh, Her Majesty. No. no oh, good. that. Sorry, I thought. <laughs> sorry, I thought you were going with uh, the eel season's hopes, no. but no, we can d- d- discuss that later. How dare you? No, both those teams have, have got a real chance of going forward. I'm, I'm enjoying. You get yeah. You've you've undershot the eels for sure. Um, no, I was talking Back to about the, queen. <laughs> the untimely death of of the queen, and um, and look, we're not going to spend much time on that. I think it's been well documented by everyone. Um, but what we might just quickly touch on, if you don't mind, is the ridiculous 
well, and from my perspective, ridiculous response to Caitlin Moran's posted about it, um, who just quietly had a great game on the weekend. But the um, have you seen much around the the whole saga that's now engulfing her? Yes, I have been following it, Big T. Uh, my understanding is that the mole got the big scoop mm-hmm. on what Caitlin had posted and apparently Channel 9 was kind enough to alert the Newcastle Knights to it so that Caitlin could delete it but then subsequently published a story about it. <laughs> I'm so sure is that right? Is that, that sounds right? about right. I mean, and look, she, 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 unlike a lot of other people, had it wasn't, wasn't too upset about um, the Queen dying um, and, and has every right to not, not care about the Queen dying, particularly if you have a, a large historical and cultural reason to not be celebrating um, someone like that. I think it was really well summarised by at the Matt Bungard, who was also a blue tick, so I'm sure you, you're friends with him. In fact, he is a friend of both of us, a great bloke, and people should get around to it. But he tweeted, it's not up to any white person to tell an Indigenous woman how to process the death of the figurehead of their people's colonisers. And equally, it's hilarious how the free speech crowd that defend the Manly Seven now want Caitlin Moran sacked. And he says, grow up. Um, I think that that was a really sensible way to look at it. It's still white people shouting at white people about um, Indigenous or First Nations issues. There was also a great senator, uh, Melbourne senator for the Greens, who, who beautifully, eloquently tweeted about, um, from, from her perspective, about the, the Queen's passing. I also just, I think the thing that I wanted to pass on was it didn't, it doesn't feel normal in that it's it's an, a First Nations person and a woman, and I think that's why it's been so heated online. Is that a fair assumption? Uh, yes. I think Luttrell gets um, an unfair amount of attention because of his cultural background. Well, I feel like that's the context that I'm looking at this in Big T, and, like, let's be really, really real. Most media organisations are about clickbait. And this is an opportunity to showcase something that Caitlin has said, which will no doubt lead to clicks. I I don't want to be telling Caitlin what to write because as an Indigenous woman, her experience is very, very different to mine. But I suppose what I would encourage people to do is rather than come at this conversation and finger point, try and understand the perspective that Caitlin is bringing to the table. Mm. She perhaps hasn't articulated it in the easiest way to understand her perspective, but maybe listen and learn before pointing the finger. And then additionally, I'm interested in understanding what happens behind the scenes and how much support our NRLW players get from their clubs. So, for example, have the Newcastle Knights women had media training? Do they understand the social media policy? Is the club supporting her through this? Are they explaining to her what is and isn't able to be done in terms of her contract? I just feel like there are a lot of questions, but I feel like there's always an opportunity to learn rather than point the finger at Caitlin. Mm. I said so the same thing in relation to the Manly Seven. I don't agree with their position, but I think there is an opportunity to at least understand their perspective. It doesn't mean you need to agree with that. Mm, no, I think that's really well said. Um, and, of course, uh, there's there's a heated debate from a whole bunch of people that don't often need a voice either, um, also because social media is great like that. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. 
If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Is there anything else that we wanted to mention around the wonderful world of NRLW news before we get into the games? No, I think that's it this week, Big Town, unless I've missed something pretty big. No, just just Parramatta is setting us up beautifully for a comeback season. They <laughs> started that on Saturday, the 10th of September, against the Gold Coast Titans, who ended up winning 18 points to 16 and a very close one in Melbourne. Uh, the tries for that one were for the Titans, Stephanie Hancock, Shannon Mato, and Jessica Elsington, although I should really zoom in, uh, Ellington. Elsington, no, I got it right. And then Laura Brown was three from three, great for her. Sally Faye, Samama Taufa, the absolute weapon of Parramatta, and Rima Butler scored the three tries for the Eels. And unfortunately, Taylor Preston was two from three, which was really, unfortunately, the difference in the end. It was an 18-14 at halftime. The Eels had an excellent comeback, and I feel like we're the better team. How did you say, well, first of all, where did you watch it? Where did I watch this one, Big T? So I was pretty depressed on Saturday to begin with. <laughs> I went to yoga. Ah, I watched this at my grandparents' house and remained yeah. depressed. Okay. Uh, what to say about this game? I feel like the Eels have improved significantly. Mm-hmm. Their last two games have resulted in some very, very close losses. Uh, I feel like discipline has cost the Eels throughout the season. Um, In this game alone, they missed 31 tackles against the Titans. I mean, that's been better because they've been averaging 43 missed tackles per game so far. So that is obviously an area of concern for the team. Uh, Masterstroke, I suppose, by the Gold Coast Titans and their coach Karen Murphy to move Vani Polite from the fullback position to the wing where she made over 200 metres and was just a real handful. Um, I feel a little bit for the Eels. I feel they've been close but just haven't managed to get across the line. What's incredible, though, is that they still remain in contention for the finals. Mm. And I think have a real chance. I know it's mathematical, but it's a real chance. Um, I think their errors, is, you know, that's, they had a, a lot of errors in that game too, which which is why the completion rate was only at 77%. But that's an easy, like that's a week-to-week thing. You could easily be better the next week um, with with completions. And if you complete higher, the Titans completed at 91%. If you complete higher, then you win that game. You only lost by a misconversion. So uh, I think you're right. I think Polita had an absolute game and she was, that was the kind of form we saw her in last year. And it was great to see her mm. um, having a go at that again. I just think we – I know we spend a lot of talk, time talking about the Empress Samama Taufa, but she was just an absolute monster in this game. And I just love when people can be so good coming into a game. There's already got a coach with a 1,000 tip sheets on what, she's, what they're going to do, and she still does it. She's pretty incredible and is the epitome of leadership, I think, for the yes. Parramatta Eels. Uh, in terms of veterans, there is one other player that I want to shout out to, and that is Queen Steph Hancock, who managed another <laughs> try in this game and finds herself as the NRLW's leading try scorer at the wow. moment, if you were to believe it. What a time. Um, so is it is it an easy – because the Titans, we were, we've also been talking down for weeks, so that was a, possibly the worst thing about this. 
That's right. I feel like this really was the Eels opportunity. But as I said, at the moment, the Broncos and the Titans are each on one win. The Titans will play the Dragons this weekend. And if the Dragons manage to put a score on the Titans and the Eels can beat the Broncos, they're still in with a chance of the finals. And I think it really does go back to what we've been saying throughout this podcast. It feels like there are three dominant teams and then the other three will fight it out for that final spot. Yeah. But would you just at the moment be happy to make the finals? Uh, yes, I think it, uh, to be honest, I actually really want the team to win a game. I think it would be a real shame if they finish this season winless. So goal one is to beat the Broncos this weekend, whether they make the finals or not. I mean, I've sort of got my hands in the air about that. Mm. For me, it's more about these women getting a win. Okay. Um, I can hear by your tone that that this is enough. Should we move on? (laughs) We can move on. Yeah. Wasn't a great weekend to be an eel. It's the first time that both teams have lost in one weekend uh, in the, you know, 2022 season. So, uh, yes, I was not a happy eel. And it actually was a very upset household this weekend because my beautiful partner, Jimmy, supports the Sharks. So, as I said on Twitter, it it was not a a happy Numenopolis household this weekend. Well, he'll have the joy of also having a W team next year that he, you know can you can have four Correct. losses in the round. <laughs> yeah, great. We, yeah. we look forward to that one. <laughs> Continuing on the tenth of September, still at Melbourne, the Dragons ended up being the Broncos nineteen eighteen, which at the time was the game of the round. And we should also just quickly point out this is easily the closest game, the closest round we've ever seen in the NRLW, right? Like, yeah, that was great incredible. point, BT. First ever Golden Point game in the NRLW as well. It's just a shame that they decided to play it in Melbourne in front of so few fans. But that's potentially a conversation for another day. Or just go back and listen to our last podcast. The yes. uh, four tries to the Broncos were to Julia Robinson, oh, Sazolka, I'm trying not to read her name, Janet Sazolka, Jamie Chapman again, and Ali Brigginshaw with the absolute clutch one in the 68th minute. Uh, Taryn Aiken converted one from four. Kezi Apps, Quincy Dodd and Elsie Albert were the three tries for the Dragons. Rachel Pearson kicked all of them and then also kicked the extremely incredible drop goal in the 71st minute. I mean, Taryn Aiken's got to be kicking herself. But before, I mean, let's light a Literally. candle. Literally. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. The uh, Ali Brigginshaw, I mean, the game was done. I, I, I was watching this game. The game was done. It was in, the Dragons have been great for now two seasons. Um it was in the bag. The Broncos have, you know, looked nice, but we're never going to get this game done until all of a sudden in the 60th minute, Jamie Chapman, who had an insane game last week and this week, puts on one of the best tries ever. And then Ali Brigginshaw, nothing doing, scores in the last couple of minutes to take us into extra time. What a game. It was absolutely incredible. And Big T, I'm surprised that you said that the game was over because I know how much you love Ali Brigginshaw. So you never, <laughs> ever write off an Ali Brigginshaw team, right? Uh, this was a wonderful game. I'm happy for the Broncos. We know they've struggled a little bit this season, but they showed why they, you know, can still be one of the best teams in the comp. I have to say that final 15 minutes was just, it was very dramatic. I mean, we Mm. saw Chelsea Leonard Zutzi in the sin bin. Mm. We saw that try to Ali Brigginshaw. And even though Taryn Aitken struggled a little bit with the boot, she did kick the final minute conversion to force golden point. And then, of mm. course, we had Rachel Pearson, ice cold, sealing the win. So good. Um, 
what happened there to the dragons? Do you think that to make that last kind of ten minutes implosion happen? Oh, who knows, Big T? They might have just switched off for ten minutes. I mean, Parramatta did it against Melbourne two weeks ago. Right, it can happen. Uh, and I hope that it's something that Jamie Soward looks at because they might have just switched off for a little while, or yeah. perhaps the Broncos really, really turned it on. Yeah. Um, and also, Elsie Halbert, her try was just so intensely strong and and ridiculous that it was a kind of try that you watch and go, how on earth is she not scoring every single game? She is an absolute competitor, Big T, and mm. I'm just I'm delighted that she's got the opportunity to play here in Australia because she's not only making waves here but also back home for her in Papua New Guinea. Uh, Tara McGraw-West off the bench was huge. Uh, Holly Wheeler, who we we wax on about all the time, is still massive. Kezi Apps had an absolute game too. Um, it was great. It was a great context. contest. Uh, and and a, a real, I mean, if the Broncos end up making the finals, I really feel like both of these teams could shake the Roosters and Knights on their day. Potentially, yeah. And I think, Big T, that's the most exciting thing about this competition I think the Roosters are clear standouts, but I think any team on any other day can beat any other opposition. Mm. Uh, Suzuka, we already said, was massive. Ali B, like just her calmness under pressure. I mean, I should have spent the whole 20 minutes talking about Ali B because that lady is just so – I think I think I forgot. Maybe it was. Maybe I've talked myself out of Brisbane a bit and in, in that game I finally got shaken back into – Reality that <laughs> Ali Brigham. You got your moment. Yeah, the, and she just reminded me again and everyone that she's still not only she's still playing and relevant, but she's um still the person you go to when you need when you need those do or die points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would have been. I mean, actually, I'm a more of a Dragons fan than a Broncos fan, so I'm glad with the result. But in terms of my personal narrative, Ali scoring that try and then her kicking that drop goal would have just been. I would have waxed lyrical for days. And um, I would have been here for that, Big T. <laughs> and then the game of the round, I'm going to call it, uh, Roosters versus Knights. This one wasn't in Melbourne. It was an Allianz Stadium in Sydney. Roosters 18, Knights 16, Jasmine Strange, uh, Kalasapini, Hopawati. No, it's not his head. Can you help me? Kalasapani. Uh, let me put the name in front of me, Big T. This is making for absolutely wonderful. I'm the Wonderful opposite. podcasting. I shouldn't uh, read it. That's my biggest problem. I should just try and remember how people oh, say it. So, <laughs> on the scoring summary on NRL.com, they've only got her last name, Hopoate. No, oh, okay. So, and then Isabel Kelly also scored in the 65th minute. Uh, Zara, Zahara Tamara was two from three and a penalty goal. Uh, Romy Tetzel, Yasmin Clydesdale and Caitlin Johnson scored the, tri- the three tries for the Knights. And Jess Southwell was two from three as well, but no penalty goal. Um, this game, although the Roosters won, I think the Knights were the better team and coming out of it, if I was a coach of the Knights, would have been like, we can beat this Roosters team in a grand final. Before we get to that, I just want to make out one special shout out, if that's okay, Big T, Mm -hmm. to Jasmine Strange, who you mentioned, basically in her first touch, scored on debut and make, I've stuffed that up. So that's what's happened. But she's also made history because her dad, John, is the coach. So they're the first dad-daughter duo in the NRLW, which I absolutely love. Me too. But back to the point you were making, yes, you're absolutely right. 
I think the Knights can take a lot of confidence from this game. I don't think it's the last time these two teams will meet. And particularly given that the Knights, they're obviously missing Hannah Southwell and that's not going to change this season. Millie Boyle went off with an HIA in the first half and they were also without Tamika Upton. And we saw that Tamika being out meant that the Knights were a little bit disjointed in their back three, particularly in the opening 10 minutes, which is when the Roosters did most of the damage. And the try scoring or the, the game deciding play was a, was a drop ball from the Knights trying to attack and then the Roosters swept on that and, and ran the length. So Correct. I think, I think that, does, that can easily not happen, which means the Knights end up holding on to it. There is nothing more enjoyable at the moment for me other than seeing Ali B score in the 60th minute and seeing Caitlin Johnson also score in the 60th minute. Just times. I'm, I'm loving that woman and all of the work she's doing for that team. She's absolutely epic and I'm so happy that the team are doing well because uh, Caitlin had a fantastic season last year and she's reaping the rewards this year. Now, there's only one other person I want to talk about who I think for me at the moment is my Dally M uh, M player of the season at the moment. or She's a person for me to beat still. It's Racine McGregor who still had a great game in this in absolutely everything. and I think having a halves partner as as creatively excellent as uh, as Zara also helps. But um, ten runs, like your halves together, had seventeen runs together, and just you know over a hundred meters between the two of them. I just think, I mean, Racing's also got line break assists, line breaks, try assists, tackle breaks. Like she's just an, and that was last week we talked about her great kicking game. This week her running game was on form. I'm such a massive fan. It's either her for me, Big T, or Sammy Bremner. Mm. Well, they're both coming from the Roosters, so it's, it's an absolute Absolutely. <laughs> they are my two. I just think they've been absolute standouts. Racine's been incredible. And just the respect for Sammy Bremner. She's had two children coming back. And it's just, I think this is one of her best years ever. I really do. So go Sammy B. Um, what kind of bet can we put on? Maybe a Twitter bet. The other person gets to tweet something from their other person's account. It's Sammy I'm B. Afraid I, I'm afraid I can't allow that, Big T, because if you tweet that the Parramatta Reels are going to win the Premiership, they're not going to, <laughs> and then I will end up on NRL images that precede unfortunate events <laughs> because that's what happened when Jimmy stole my phone one day and tweeted something. That's when I ended up on that account. So I'll buy you a sandwich. How about that? <laughs> I'm being serious. I bet you are. I'm laughing even more. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, it's probably my life's mission to not end up on that Twitter account. And so I'm so Well, that's mine too, but I yeah. have because of Jimmy. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jimmy. That or NRL boom rookies. Um, yeah, rookie worst takes. takes. That's yeah. the other one. Don't <laughs> yeah. want to be there. Oh, my God. That was great. Okay, a sandwich is fine. And uh, you can tell me the entire story then over that sandwich when Racing McGregor <laughs> wins the uh, DLM. Um, I can't wait. I think that was probably the best result in the in the whole long term narratives that I'm playing out in my head. Roosters now winning this game is similar to the Roosters being south last week, you know. And so there's a bit of a oh, Roosters will probably win again, but then the Knights are going to come mm-hmm. back during that final series and win, you know, nineteen eighteen or, or twenty sixteen. It's going to be so good. I like oh, it. I'm so g'd up for that as well. Um, Speaking of that, the table now has Roosters, Knights, Dragons at the top three, and then Broncos, Titans, and the Eels as the bottom three. Eels, unfortunately, switching with the Titans at the bottom. We're still seeing, and, and our friend um, David Hunter from Hypothetic RL has been tweeting me about NRLW, and I appreciate that. 
So, and so he has also done the maths and worked out what you guys need to do to make the finals. So he's still, he, the dream is still alive for him. Mm-hmm. It's still alive for me too. It's yeah. still alive for me too. And I appreciate that. So next week, Broncos, Eels, we already started to talk about it. What are you, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? Eels are going to win. They're going to make the finals. Why not um, train big? Yeah. And what, what are you seeing? How does it happen? Big score, little score? Uh, I think it's going to be close. I think the Eels are going to win 18 points to 16. 18 points to 16. Okay. Uh, and that's been the score you know, for most of the games in the last round, so it makes sense. Titans and Roosters, how much do the Roosters win by? 14 points. Oh, 13 plus. There you go. Uh, I think it's in – oh, this is a triple header as well. I didn't mention that at the top. At the top. Oh, all, all I can tell game. people about that. I'm um, doing commentary for SEM on Sunday. I forgot Yay. about that. Yes. In, tune in, in everyone. Are you going to Gosford? Do you do it? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. I'm not one of these people that uh, does it from a studio, Big T. Bones it in. No, you go live. Smell the grass. Uh, and then the last one is the Knights and Dragons, which should be excellent. I really hope that the Knights can win it because I know the Roosters are going to probably beat the Titans. So the although for the whole drama, obviously chaos is better if the Dragons win, but, but my Knights narrative is better if they win. How do you see that playing out? I'm going to say that the Knights are going to win this game. I think it will be close, but I think uh, hopefully Tamika Upton will return this week. We'll see the team list. I'm hoping Millie Boyle will be okay after her HIA. Um, And I think they will be fiery after only just losing to the Roosters. Mm. Both teams are on three and one with a record of three and one. So that'll be good to finally split those two up too. Um, Can we talk quickly now about your your, your, – commentating because I noticed on Channel 9, I think all three of the NRLW games this weekend were on free-to-air. Um, mm-hmm. and, although, and and all of them seem to have Ruan Sims. Now, that's not a problem because Ruan, like um, the lady I was talking about last time, uh, is so good at it. She's now been commentating for a really long time on ABC Grandstand. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done some work with Channel 9, so she is an excellent colour commentator. Um and so I love to work. But I just wondered by the time we got to the third game, um, having Alana Ferguson on the sideline and Rue as the colour commentator, I started to feel a little bit tokenistic, like these are the only people that you've mm-hmm. employed to do this, which which I know is now me sounding like I'm complaining, which I'm not. And Ruan is and Ruan is great. So it is to ha- it is great to have one of the best ones there. But what I what I've noticed maybe was that Fox has a much larger, diverse voice. Uh to pull from, which I now respect Fox for. Uh, yes, I think that's fair. The other point I think that's important is I'm interested to understand how much Fox does with these women in terms of training, education, yeah. support, giving them the opportunity to be the best versions of themselves because I've listened to that commentary and it's great to hear those voices. But you can tell that when the women first come in, they're a little bit rough. And that is absolutely normal because that is how we all start, right? Yeah. I just really hope Fox are giving them the support behind the scenes to make sure that they continue to develop and to grow because that's what we see with Alana and Ruan, right? They've, you know, been there for several years. Um, They've got that experience and they're very, very good. I just hope that for Fox... You're not inviting people in for one or two games, but they're not giving them an opportunity again because they're not going to get better that way. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, for sure. 
Um, great. And so you'll also now, let's segue to you, you'll be doing all three games for S for Sen? Yes, I will be. So I'm not 100% sure whether we'll be calling all three or whether it'll be big moments of the first two and then the full um, full third game. But tune in. I'll be there. Send in your comments, questions, text <laughs> messages, and I'll be very happy to respond. Wow, this is exciting. I've, I was so excited for you. Um, it'll be and, fun. And so you, you'll get there uh, obviously before 12 and then you'll be there until, well, Around five. That's a that's a huge yeah, day. big day, big Can't day. Wait. And that's Sunday. The Eels play on which day? Friday or Saturday or Sunday? When do they play? Sunday. Oh, so Parramatta men they play Friday night. So I've had yeah, sufficient great. time to recover either way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Wow. What what a fantastic uh, event for you to to get excited for. Mm-hmm. And then we've only got this is it, right? Like this is the last round. Mm-hmm. Correct. Hell. And then we head into finals. It's gone quick. Bloody hell. Okay. So that was it. Both of your teams play for their futures this weekend. Yeah, basically, actually. Good point, Big T. Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate it. It's only Monday. Thank you. It's going to be a long five days. You're welcome. Uh, I've got to wait five months, Mitch. So, you know, speak to me about Well, this has been, I've I've pulled tears away from my eyes at least twice, Mary. So I appreciate these Mondays are such a fantastic way for me to uh, spend my time reliving a fantastic weekend of, of Women's Rugby League. So you are an absolute pleasure. Love you too, Big T. If you're listening all the way to the end, we would love to interact with you on Twitter and Instagram about the NRLW. Find Mary's at Sen. Listen to her on – can you give <laughs> that what's, – what's the, what's the number for that? Uh, I can tweet it out later this week. I think the Twitter <laughs> account is 116SEN. Okay. I think. Oh, I thought you meant you didn't even know the radio thing, but it's 116 FM. Yes, I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah, not okay. very good with numbers, Big T. It's not my strength. Fair enough. Well, uh, find Mary at Ladies Who League, me at The Biggest Tiger, and, of course, the show at Chasing Roost Pod. Find out how you can Google Sin. You'll work it out yourself, people. Mm-hmm.